Hi campers, welcome to Museum Camp. I'm Megan. I'm Madison. Hello. Thank you for joining us for Immature History. Yeah, it's going to get very immature. Lower. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to get very immature very quickly. So very quickly. Strap in. Madison, (laughs) what you got? Yeah. Um, So this is one of my favorite types of stories um, Mm -hmm. because it is men being really immature and women coming out on top, which we love to see. I mean, it's, you know. A tale is all that's the time. life. Yeah. That's it's, life, well, it's baby. just literally every everything. <laughs> <laughs> every situation. Yes. Um, this is the Wikipedia article. I'm only gonna read excerpts because not all of it is very relevant to this part of the uh-huh. story. Um, but the Wikipedia article for Susanna M. Salter. Okay. A name I did not know until I read this. Uh so Susanna Medora Salter, um, who lived from 1860 to 1961, sheesh, um, she was an American politician and activist. She served as mayor of Argonia, Kansas, becoming the first woman elected to serve as mayor in the United States. Wow. I know. My favorite thing, women and mayors. Oh, (laughs) yep. Um, and <laughs> one of the first women to serve in any political office in the U.S. Amazing. Um, okay, and in so the Bible Belt, no less. In the Bible Belt. So we're going to talk about the Wikipedia article. Of course, has her early life and education, etc. But we're going to talk about her mayoral experience. Great. Salter was elected mayor of Argonia on April 4th, 1887. Her election was a surprise because her name had been placed on a slate of candidates as a stunt by a group of men hoping to secure a loss that would humiliate women and discourage them from from participation in politics. Okay, my blood is boiling. 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 Those guys. I have reached my boiling point (laughs) immediately. (laughs) Tip me over and pour me out. (laughs) Uh, Just like a Hitler teapot. Um, So because candidates did not have to be made public before election day, Salter herself did not know she was on the ballot before the polls opened. When on election day itself, she agreed to accept office if elected, the Women's Christian Temperance Union abandoned its own preferred candidate and voted for Salter en masse. Wow. Awesome. Additionally, the local Republican Party chairman sent a delegation to her home and confirmed that she would serve and the Republicans agreed to vote for her, helping her secure her election by a two thirds majority. Holy shit. I, I mean, nothing makes my heart sore more than this. Oh, yeah. French kiss. (laughs) French kiss. (laughs) We haven't used that one in a while. Um, <laughs> all the new Salter listeners are like, are oh, like, what? sorry, what <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll get um, it. Salter did have an advantageous position prior to holding the office of mayor. Her father was the first ever mayor of the town and her father-in-law served as a, as Lieutenant governor of Kansas. Although her term was uneventful, her election generated national interest from the press 
sparking a debate regarding the feasibility of other towns following Argonia's lead, which ranged from objections to petticoat rule and wait and see attitude. I don't know what that means. Hmm. Let's find out by hovering. Oh, it just shows me what a petticoat is. So sure. Yeah. I'm going to guess it was just uh, a a fancy way to say misogyny. Sure. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, One of the first city council meetings over which the newly elected mayor Salter presided was attended by a correspondent of the New York Sun. He wrote his story describing the mayor's dress and hat and pointing out that she presided with great decorum. Mm. (laughs) He noted that several times she checked irrelevant discussion, demonstrating that she was a good parliamentarian. Other publicity extended to newspapers as far away as Sweden and South Africa. Um, as compensation for her year's service, do you want to guess what she was paid? Zero dollars. Close. One dollar. Yeah. <laughs> for a year. Great. Uh, which, which, don't worry, there is inflation. That would have been $30 in 2021. Okay. Not even a tank of gas. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't need as much gas back then. It was the 1880s. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess horses kind of run yeah. on apples. Carrots and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After a year in office, she declined to seek re-election. Um, following her term as mayor, Salter and her family continued to live in Argonia until 1893 when her husband acquired land on the Cherokee Strip in Alva, Oklahoma. Ten years later, they moved to Augusta in Woods County, Oklahoma Territory, where her husband practiced law and established the Headlight newspaper. Uh, They eventually joined the town settlers to moving in moving to Carmen, Oklahoma, following her husband's death in 1916. She moved to Norman, Oklahoma, accompanying her younger children during their studies at the University of Oklahoma. I feel like I've said Oklahoma a hundred times. Yeah, you have. (laughs) I have. (laughs) She, She lived in Norman for the remainder of her life and maintained an interest in religious and political matters, but never again sought elected office. Salter died on March 17th, 1961 in Norman, Oklahoma, two weeks after her 101st birthday. Oh my God. She's insane. Oh, what a gem. (sighs) Yes. And she was buried back in Argonia, Kansas, alongside her husband. Um, So again, all my favorite things, women, mares, pranks, men being made a fool of. I mean, just beam me up. I love it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. All mayors should be women. Uh, um, okay. Beautiful job. I'm going to read an Atlas Obscura article. Love them. And the title of this one is The Story Behind Gay Bob, the World's First Out and Proud Doll. Okay. Was this before Earring Magic Ken? (laughs) (laughs) Who was still in the closet, you know, as far as I. Gay Gay Bob Bob walked so that Earring Magic Ken could run. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, okay. Quote, it's another evidence of the desperation the homosexual campaign has reached and its effort to put homosexual lifestyle, which is a death style across to the American people. 
A death style. A death style. Um, a lobby group called Protect America's Children made this statement in 1978 about a doll. Protect Ugh. America's children. <laughs> I just, yeah, don't worry about the guns. Yeah, those are fine. Those are fine. We the d- poverty, you know, it is what it is. the lack of resources, yeah. you know, like that's all fine, but don't expose them to gay culture. Yeah, God forbid. The death style, if you the will. Death style. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, That year, the release of Gay Bob, billed as the world's first openly gay doll, caused a minor sensation. Enraged consumers complained that a toy with a homosexual backstory would lead to other, quote, disgusting dolls like Priscilla the Prostitute and Danny the Dope Pusher. Okay. I would say what's even more dangerous than that is Richard the Republican. (laughs) Yeah. Dick for sure. Just kidding. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> or just real life Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Ugh. Once again, uh, circling right back to one of our favorite tropes on this podcast. Yeah. Roasting Mitch McConnell. We'll never miss an opportunity to do that. Oh, no, never. As long as that old ass man is alive. <laughs> okay. Esquire awarded Gay Bob its Dubious Achievement Award, and anti-gay organizations across the United States blustered. Gay Bob, who was meant to resemble a cross between Robert Redford and Paul Newman, was blonde with a flannel shirt, tight jeans, and one pierced ear. Sounds hot, honestly. Sounds hot. The doll gave anti-gay organizations plenty to fear, Intrinsic within it was a celebration of gay identity, evidenced by Gay Bob's programmed speech. Uh, Gay people, Bob said, are no different than straight people. If everyone came out of their closets, there wouldn't be so many angry, frustrated, frightened people. Preach. Everyone, come out of your closets. Get right on out of there. Yeah, come on out. In a cheeky move, the box in which Gay Bob was packaged came in the outline of a closet. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, brilliance in marketing. Love to see it. So that when he left his box, he was literally coming out of the closet. Gay Bob explained, quote, it's not easy to be honest about what about what you are. In fact, that takes a great deal of courage. But remember, if Gay Bob has the courage to come out of his closet, so can you. (laughs) The affirming message was no accident. The doll's creator, Harvey Rosenberg, a former advertising executive who developed marketing campaigns for various corporations, wanted Gay Bob to liberate men from, quote, traditional sexual roles. He created the doll soon after a series of shocks rocked his life. In quick succession, his marriage fell apart and his mother became seriously ill. He decided that his next projects would need to be of great personal significance. Though Gay Bob was certainly humorous, the doll was designed to be anatomically correct and prominent gay activists such as Bruce 
Voller, told reporters that people should, quote, deal with the doll lightly and enjoy it. Rosenberg's intentions seem to have been sincere. When asked why he would pour $10,000 of his own money into Gay Bob's production, he replied, quote, we had something to learn from the gay movement, just like we did from Black civil rights movement and the women's movement, and that is having the courage to stand up and say, I have a right to be what I am. Oh, so cute. I mean, ugh. When Gay Bob hits stores in 1978, that right to be gay and equal was once again under attack most notably from Anita Bryant, a singer who, uh, <clears throat> a singer and well-known brand ambassador who mobilized opposition to a Dade County, Florida ordinance that outlawed discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Fixating on its impact on public schools, Bryant claimed that the existence of LGBT school teachers would threaten the well-being of local students. And yet here we are again with the fucking don't say gay bill. Yep. Why are we back in the seventies with everything? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Quote, homosexuals will recruit our children. She warned they will use money. It's not a pyramid scheme, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. It's really not. It's not an MLM. Uh, quote, they will use money, drugs, alcohol. I mean, in and- some ways it is MLM. <laughs> <laughs> Just clearing that one oh, up. Oh <laughs> my God. I had to put the article down for a second. Yes, to I'm fully so sorry for the constant. Laugh that out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In June 1977, she had the rule repealed, and her anti-gay crusade, which gained widespread media attention, sparked similar ventures in Minnesota, Oregon, Kansas, and California. Gay Bob, which sold 2,000 copies in its first two months, appeared in the heat of these political battles. It was no real flashpoint of its own, but it served as a humorous trophy and a sign of changing times for those fighting against Bryant. Initially sold through mail order ads in gay themed magazines, Gay Bob soon expanded into boutique stores in New York and San Francisco. Rosenberg even pitched it to major department store chains, one of which liked the idea, but ultimately did not purchase it. And it turns out those consumers who feared the introduction of more disgusting dolls were partially correct. Rosenberg soon gave Gay Bob a family of his own with brothers Marty Macho, Executive Eddie, Anxious Al, and Straight Steve, who lived in the suburbs and wore blue suits. (laughs) (laughs) And sisters, Fashionable Fran, Liberated Libby, and Nervous Nellie. I mean, what is Gay Bob? Iconic. I love Gay Bob. I also just looked him up and they're going for like $300 on eBay. Oh my God. Should we I buy one? one? Yeah. For the podcast, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry, Matt. laughs> um, amazing. Thank you. Uh, I love it. Campers. Thanks for hanging. Campers. Um, we hope you enjoyed this little episode full of, you know, 
uh, championing Ups everything and downs. except the straight white male. That's right. <laughs> and everyone, come on out of the closet. That's my message to all of That's you. My message. <laughs> um, when you're ready. Whenever you're ready. You. Yeah, no rush. No rush. Um, and we love you. We and do. we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.